Why elections matter? We're going to go out and vote this Tuesday, right? Right? Well, why does that matter? Why does that matter? Elections matter because there's so much weighing in the balance. On Tuesday, we'll be voting for our next senators, congressmen, representatives, judges, mayors, councilmen, as well as the next president of the United States. We're going to go out and vote for leaders that will shape the history and future of our nation. Elections matter because elections directly impact everyone, including our families, the church, as well as the entire faith community. Is that right? Why do elections matter? Because the leaders we choose Tuesday will make decisions that will directly affect us as individuals, as a church, and as a family for years to come. For example, one, our next president possibly could appoint two, three, maybe even four Supreme Court justices, which will either be liberal or conservative, which means if they're liberal, they'll continually fight to take away religious freedoms of every family, church, and Christian they can. And if they're conservative, hopefully they will more likely fight to protect religious freedoms of every family, church, and Christian they can. And why is that such a big deal? Because the Supreme Court justices have the power to decide the laws of the land. It doesn't matter what the popular vote says, if we want this or that, they can override that. That's powerful. And that happened recently on just the whole thing with marriage, right? And if they decide the churches can no longer preach the uncompromising gospel and preach against sin, then the entire church community will no longer have the freedom to worship as they desire. That's a big deal. The other big problem is this. Once a Supreme Court justice is appointed, they hold their office for their entire life until they die. And we have some that are very uh, much up in age and that could need to be replaced on the next watch of the next president. Elections matter because these leaders will choose on Tuesday and they will make laws that will either strip our rights and freedoms as a nation and as a Christian community or they will support it. That's a big deal, saints, right? Elections matter because in every election cycle is the possibility of impacting and influencing our entire nation. The leaders we appoint Tuesday will either weaken or they will strengthen our nation. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. So if we elect leaders that will uphold godliness and promote righteousness, it will strengthen our nation. But if we elect leaders that will be ungodly and tear down godly values, it will weaken and destroy our nation. Y'all agree with that this morning? Elections matter because election cycles are opportunities to strengthen our nation by electing God-fearing leaders. Does that make sense? Folks, the Bible makes it powerfully clear that righteous leadership is what we need. Whenever you have righteous and godly leadership, it is what will fuel your economy. It's what will strengthen our security and protection of our nation. It is what will decrease immorality, evil, wickedness, hatred, violence across America. Righteous and godly leadership will position us to receive the blessing and the favor of the Lord in our nation. If you study biblical history, every time they had unrighteous and ungodly leaders, the nation suffered. 
But every time they had righteous and godly leaders, the nation prospered. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change his mind on that. Amen? And so the Bible says in Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed means to be happy, the fortunate, peaceful, and envied. And history reminds us that when a nation makes room for the Lord to govern its people and its leaders, that nation will prosper and be blessed of the Lord. And it's my strong conviction that the most important thing that we can do as a nation of course, is to pray and intercede and, and cry out to God for his mercy. But it, the next thing is to, re, is to elect leaders who will rely on the Lord for moral strength and for godly wisdom. I don't think you heard me. I think the best thing that we can do as a nation after interceding and praying is elect godly, God-fearing leaders that ask the Lord for moral strength and for wisdom to make wise choices because it's God that can uphold a nation. It's God that can help a nation. Amen. Let me give you a few quotes from founding fathers like George Washington, the first president of the U.S., he said, it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. John Quincy Adams, which was the sixth president of the U.S., said, the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It is connected in one undissolvable bond, the principle of civil government and the principles of Christianity. Benjamin Franklin said, he who shall introduce into public affairs the principles of Christianity will change the face of the world. Why is America in such trouble? It's because we've turned away from that. The nation of America has been exalted and blessed of God because its foundations have been on righteousness and godliness. And for America to remain great or to become great again, we got to return to our roots and build a nation on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you agree that what we need more than ever is godly leaders that will turn our nation back towards God? No doubt about it. Amen. The second reason elections matter is because the church is an opportunity to influence the nation. Ever wondered what the ultimate purpose of the kingdom of God is? Well, Jesus laid it out uh, whenever he said in Matthew 13 and 33, Jesus used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, It permeated every part of that dough. Emphasis permeated every part of that dough. Yeast is a picture of the influence of the kingdom of God. Although in some people's mind it may be small, it will permeate every facet and factor. Although seemingly small and insignificant, it changes the entire environment around it. That's the purpose of the kingdom of God. Jesus makes it perfectly clear. The purpose of the kingdom of God is to influence the entire world, including the political arena. Amen? You see, the goal of the kingdom is that it affects communities and families and educational systems and arts and entertainment and media and business and marketplaces, as well as governmental and political arenas. God wants us to impact our political arena. It's the devil that said there should be a separation of church and state, not God. God said there should be the church's influence in the political arena. 
And the Lord, listen, the Lord will influence the election process of 2016. The question is, are we going to be a part of it? Amen. How does God influence the election process? Through the local church. That's how he does it. Y'all too quiet. Are y'all in agreement with me? Are y'all with me this morning? All right. Okay. I feel better about it now. God's strategy for influencing the governmental and political arena is through the local church. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, the city on the hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, Jesus called his church to be an influence, to be salt and light into the world. Amen. Those two metaphors are catalysts. They're examples that changes the environment. For instance, salt is a preservative that preserves what is good, is right, and keeps things from decaying and dying. And so as salt, we, the church, are to act as a preservative in our society and sustain what is good, godly, and right. Light is to expel darkness and to shed light on what is true and righteous. And as light, we, the church, are to counter the darkness in our world by bringing forth truth and righteousness to light. Amen. The church is to be the catalyst and influence in our society, which includes the government and the political arena. Folks, it's not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party that's to influence our nation. It's the church of the living God. That's how God created it. Amen. And so the third reason why elections matters because it's the church's moral obligation to get involved. When Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is is salt if it lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Now, I think Jesus is saying, listen, I've called you to be salt and light and to influence your environment. That's what I called you to be. But if you you quit influencing your environment, then you're no longer fulfilling your God-given obligation. See, leveraging our Christian influence in the election process is our God-given obligation and responsibility. It is. It's a privilege, folks, to go vote. It's a privilege. Some people don't get a chance to vote. They decide who's going to lead them, and they have to just go with it. We get a chance. So how? How do we leverage our Christian influence? Well, number one, we pray. We can pray. And the Bible says that prayer changes things. That the effectual fervent prayer. Do y'all believe in prayer? Do y'all believe prayer can change things? I think we need to engage. We can pray that God will allow God-fearing leaders to win and lead our nation back in righteousness and godliness. Amen. Second Timothy or First Timothy 2, 1 says, I urge you, first of all, for the, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, give thanks for them, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. 
So I believe we are to pray for our present leaders, but we are to pray for our future leaders. Amen. And I believe we need to pray Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And what? Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Amen. And we're going to pray in just a little while as we conclude. We're going to pray that God would have his way at the election booths, no matter what the enemy, the adversary, whoever else's agenda, that God's will would prevail. Amen? Come on, I believe we can affect the election through the power of prayer. Amen? So we need to pray, but we also need to vote. We can vote. We can be salt and light on the earth and influence the government landscape if we go out and vote on election day. Romans 13.1 says, there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Now, notice the scripture says that all authority that exists is established by whom, folks? So listen, if God establishes all authority, then I believe he will establish those he wants in authority by using the influence of his church. Does that make sense? He can use heathens, but I think he wants to use the church because we've been called to be light and salt. Dr. Robert Jeffries said, every time we go into the voting booth, we are choosing the moral and spiritual direction of our nation. That is a privilege and a responsibility that should not be abdicated. Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to stay home on election day and do nothing. Voting is a God-given moral responsibility and privilege that every Christian should exercise. Do you all believe that? Now, I know someone there, does my vote even matter? It's just like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm, come on, am I the only one that's feeling like, oh, man. I'm not real highly motivated until I prepared this sermon. Now I'm more motivated. <laughs> I got to do the will of God. And I'm hoping to do that for you. Amen. Right? Don't stay home. Go out and vote. And so, is my vote, does my vote even matter? And I say, yes, every Christian's vote matters. Because every, the more Christians do the will of God, the more the will of God can take place on the earth. Amen. And so it's important that every Christian should fulfill his moral obligation. Listen to this statistic. 25 million Christians did not vote in the last presidential election. And the election was won by less than 5 million votes. Well, what if 25 million more vote, uh, Christians went out and voted and voted their heart? It might have changed the election, right? Did you know that one of our presidential elections was won approximately by 500 votes? Less than 1,000 Christians could have swayed that presidential election. So I don't know. I don't know whether it, it was God's will or not God's will. I'm just saying if we want God's will, then we need to do the will of God and we need to go out and we need to vote. Amen. What am I saying? We need to fulfill our marble obligation and finally vote. So I pray if you register to vote and you're in this room that the Lord don't let you sleep until you go out and vote on Tuesday. Amen. Come on. Amen. And so listen, we might not be able to change the world, but bless God, we can make a difference right here where we are. Amen. And so finally, we leverage our Christian influence when we vote according to biblical values. You know, I think that as we get ready to vote, we got to, how are we going to vote? 
We, we, you know, as we conclude this, this morning, let me ask you a couple of questions. How do you decide on the candidate that you vote for in an election? Don't answer that question. Just think about it for a moment. How do you decide on a candidate that you vote for in an election? Do you vote for a candidate's party affiliation or his values and convictions? I'm afraid that too many Christians are voting according to party affiliation and not by values and convictions. I'm going to say that again. I'm afraid that too many Christians are voting by party affiliation and not by values and convictions. And that was my, that was my deal. Whenever I went into the voting booth, I voted for everybody that was part of my voting affiliation. Just that, That's the way that it went. But then I learned the principle of Proverbs 14.34. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. But a sin is a disgrace to any people. And so now I vote according to candidates' biblical values and convictions. Not according to an affiliation of a party. Amen. Are y'all hearing me out here? Are y'all with me out here? Because it doesn't say a political party's affiliation will exalt a nation. It says righteous, godly leaders will exalt a nation. So who has more discernment to know what a righteous, godly leader is than the church? We should have the discernment. Amen. So dear saints of God, the question we should be asking today is what political, not what political party is a candidate running under, but what are their convictions and their biblical values? We should be asking questions like this. Do they believe in protecting the sanctity of human life by supporting laws that protect the unborn? Do you realize we're murdering children that are full? They're, full, they're in their full term. Are you all hearing me this morning? How can we vote for any candidate that would be willing to do that with a clear conscience and a clear heart? God help us. We should be asking the question, do they believe in protecting the sanctity of the family by supporting laws that protect the tradition of man and woman? God is the one that said marriage shall be one man and one woman. We don't have the obligation to change that. God is the one that decided. Are y'all with me this morning? Do they believe? Yes. Do they believe in protecting the church and biblical values and convictions? Do we want to put people in office that are going to say, you cannot preach the gospel and you can't worship God anymore? Is that what we want? Well, we better vote and we better elect candidates that are pro-religious freedom or else we're going to find ourselves in prison and in jail in America for worshiping the living God. I don't know how to say it clearer than that. We should be voting for candidates who best uphold biblical values of family, the church, and biblical righteousness. Amen. That's why we have voting guides in the foyer. So you can know the history. Some candidates have been in office for a while, and they have a history of their convictions, and they'll tell you. And they've said, this is the way that I feel. We shouldn't go to the voting booth and vote for somebody if we don't know they're for protecting the unborn or they're for killing the, the unborn, right? 
And so there are people that, that have researched that, they've listened, they've put that stuff together so we, you and I as voters, can be, make an education vote, an educated vote, and vote according to our biblical values and convictions. Amen? Amen. What would happen if the church would do that across America? I'll tell you what, the devil would get kicked out of America. Amen? Amen. Come on. Amen. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, one last thought before we conclude and pray for the elections on Tuesday. I want to remind you that God is in control. God is, he, he is in control now before the elections, and he will be in control after the elections. The elections won't sway his power or his influence one iota. Come on, y'all believe that? He's in charge. He's going to remain in charge, and he's going to, be, he's going to have the last say. And so the, uh, we need to be encouraged that regardless of the outcome of the election, Jesus won't sweat. Amen. He won't get depressed. Amen. Because he's in charge. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. How many of you know Jesus has an agenda, folks? And his agenda supersedes any of man's agenda. And it will not be inter- interrupted by an election. In fact, every election will play into his plans. Every election will play into his hand, into his agenda. So what I'm saying is don't get too, don't focus in too closely Open up your perspective and your vision that there is a a leader that is the leader of all leaders. He's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he has an agenda that no election or president or world leader or any such thing like that will be able to short circuit his plan and his agenda. In fact, the Bible tells us that one day Jesus is going to return. That we're going to be living life like we want. And all of a sudden, he's going to make his surprising return. Are you ready for that? It could happen before election day. Who knows? But the trumpet is going to sound. And he's going to bust through the clouds. And he's going to be there. Amen? And so, let's not forget. That is something of more importance than the election. We need to remember Jesus coming again, and we need to get ready and stay ready for his coming. Amen? Because I could fall down and die right now, and I don't have to worry about the results of the election. If he, if he breaks through the clouds and that trumpet sounds, I don't have to worry about the election. But if the election happens, he's not, listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get darker regardless of who's elected. It's going to come to a head regardless of who's elected. I just need to stay ready, and you need to stay ready. So when the trumpet sounds, we'll be ready to go. Amen. Are you ready to go, Are you ready to go? We just need to stay ready. Amen. Do me a favor and just stand with me as we close in prayer. Matthew chapter 24 and 42. Jesus said, therefore, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house and be broken into. So you also must be ready. 
Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. So listen, really the most important thing today is that we're all ready. That we're all ready spiritually. That if we die or Jesus comes back, we're ready. That's the most important thing. So would you just do me a favor and just bow your head with me for a moment. And I want to pray and I want to ask all of you in this room. I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you spiritually ready? Is your heart right with God and you're ready? In case you don't make it through the day, or in case the trumpet sounds, are you ready? If you're not ready, the Bible makes it very clear that all we have to do is just open up our hearts and acknowledge that we've sinned and need his forgiveness and ask him to forgive us and decide and make a choice that we want to give our heart and our allegiance to him, the king of kings. And he will accept our prayer if we're honest and sincere and he will forgive our sins and he will give us a chance to experience eternal life. So if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray that prayer for me? I want to make sure that I'm ready. Would you just lift your hand so I can see it? I want to pray for you right here, ma'am, right here, sir. Thank you for being so bold and courageous right here, ma'am. Listen, if you're raising your hand, I want you to raise your head while you raise your hand because I don't want you to be ashamed or bashful or embarrassed. I want you to just say, that's me, that's me. Man, I want to make sure I'm ready because if the trumpet sounds today or if I live my last day today, I want to be ready. Thank you. Thank you so much for just raising your hand. Come on, just let's pray together now. Let's pray together. Those of you that have your hands raised, just I can't be sincere for you. You have to be that. But I'll lead you in a prayer and you just mean it and just say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so that my sins could be forgiven. I know that I've sinned. And I know I don't deserve eternal life. I need your mercy, Jesus. And I'm asking for it today. I'm asking you to forgive me and to cleanse me of all my sins. I choose today to give my heart and to give my life to you. I want to be ready so that if your trumpet sounds, I'll be ready to meet you. Jesus, I need your strength. And I need your grace to continually walk in a way that my heart stays ready for your appearing. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me and your family today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands, there's a card in the pew with a green line across the top. And it looks like this. It says, I made a decision. If you fill that card out, as soon as we dismiss and go into the in the resource center uh, or into the info center in the lobby or come up here and let us know we have a gift for you and we want to help you, give you some tools to get started on the greatest journey that you'll ever take in your entire life. Amen? It's awesome. So please do that. But let's pray for our nation. Let's pray right now for America. Let's ask the Lord to bless America. Father, we pray for the elections. God, we pray. Lord, we know the enemy has a plan and a tactic. And Lord, we ask you to confuse his plans. Confuse his tactics. Lord, we know that Satan wants to take over America. But Lord, we ask you to release the angels of heaven over America and do battle in the spirit realm. And no plan or agenda of the evil one will be able to succeed. 
Lord, we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, we pray that the church be stirred across the nation and that Christians would go out and vote for biblical values and convictions, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be a part of your purpose and your agenda in this world that we live in. Lord, we bless you, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family. In the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed, shout it and said, amen, amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. And don't forget, go out and vote on Tuesday. Amen.